Welcome to Paradigms on WBKM. This is episode number 110, Sunday, March 25th, 2012. What you're hearing now is Scott Ainsley playing guitar, getting ready to start singing in the Brattleboro Town Commons, Wednesday, March 22nd, as people were gathering to march to the Entergy office to protest the continued operation of Vermont Yankee nuclear power plant. Early this morning, say you knocked upon my door. And I said, hello Satan, I believe it's time to go. Walking side by side Me and the devil Was walking side by side And I said, hello Satan I'm going to take this moment to interrupt Scott's music just to let you know that tonight's episode of Paradigms is going to be this event. I invite you to get comfortable and just let yourself be there. Close your eyes if you like, listen to the music, listen to the speakers, and whatever your feelings are about this issue, imagine what it would have been like to be there participating.
David Kester. I live in Warwick, Mass, just over the border. And uh, I'm here. I live very close. I'm 10 miles away from the nuclear plant. And I'm just very distressed at what this corporation is trying to do. Um, I have to say I'm not absolutely against nuclear power. Um, I actually have an engineering background, and so I have a little bit of sympathy with technology. Uh, empathy, I guess, is the proper word. But um, I'm clearly against operating this plant beyond its 40-year design uh, criteria. And it scares the heck out of me. I don't want to lose the, the home that I live in and my kids and all that. So that's why I'm here. Thank you. Here's the man that you need to talk to. Hi. Hi. I'm Michael. Michael. I'm Baruch. 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 David. David. And I, I work... Any relationship to Ricky? Uh, Ricky Baruch? No, I don't think so. Huh. So Seeds of Solidarity group down in uh, Orange, they do uh, organic gardening. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, well, I uh, have a show on this little station in Burlington called WBKM. Oh, cool. And it's an internet station, yep. and I'm covering this event. And I wonder if you could, what would you like, you'd like to say something about, to talk maybe about say who you are and what, um, what you're doing here and why this matters to you. Like okay. Well, uh, recently I finished Howard Zinn's uh, People's History of the United States, and uh, I was enlightened uh, as to the uh, long history of uh, corporate wealth and the established uh, government um, really having their way with uh, people in America. And I think we've come to the point in time where our technology is extraordinarily dangerous, 
and we've got to let them know that they just can't have their way. There's so much evidence around after a Fukushima. Um, I mean, the stuff that was going on at Chernobyl, Three Mile Island. There are plenty of little problems up here at Yankee Row or down there at Yankee Row. And um, I think it's just foolishness to have uh, people running that plant any longer. I think generally 400,000 years or 100,000 years of radioactive waste, uh, they don't really know where to put it. They're putting it underground, which is, of course, uh, where water comes from. Um, it comes, travels through underground rivers and moves into our aquifers and our water, water source. Uh, the air that gets polluted uh, by releases. Um, there are a lot of reasons to uh, try and shut this plant down and uh, maybe there are some that are running very well and that's, that's great because uh, Americans don't seem to be able to conserve um, electricity. Um, people's domestic phantom loads are about 30% of their bill and they're not, um, a lot of people just aren't aware of it. Uh, so I think there are just a lot of aspects of our energy consumption and uh, energy production from <laughs> nuclear plants that have to be weighed. It's getting, I think it's getting very serious. Talk to the people in, uh, in, in uh, Japan. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Yeah. What that man was talking about, phantom load, if you've never heard of it. Phantom load is the electricity that lots of things in our houses use even when they're turned off. Anything with a light on it, cell phone charger, computer, stereo TV, a lot of things use electricity even when they're turned off. And you can reduce your electric bill by up to as much as 30% by putting things on power strips and turning them off at night. Cable modems use a huge amount of electricity, as much as a refrigerator. So that's phantom load. You're listening to Paradigms on WBKM. I'm Baruch. Let's get back to the rally in Brattleboro, Vermont, March 22nd, 2012. Just trying to get a head count of how many people are showing up today. Uh, my name is Jesse Bodine, and why I'm here, um, well, beyond the fact that, you know, yesterday was uh, Vermont Yankees' original, the end uh, of their original operating license, I'm here because there's another way of doing things. There's another way of, of getting our energy. People talk about a lot of things, they talk about jobs. When, when this kind of thing comes up and it's, yeah, that's true, um, but there have been a couple different studies, but one by the Union of Concerned Scientists that reveal that if the government introduced a, uh, a standard that required utility companies to get 25% of their energy from renewable resources then and, and then implemented programs, energy efficiency programs that reduced the use of of natural gas and oil by 15 to 10 10 to 15%. Those two initiatives would create potentially up to 500,000 new jobs. And so and I understand. I mean like I'm unemployed myself. So like jobs are a big thing. But there's no need to cry jobs for nuclear and for dirty energy. I mean just because it doesn't produce a lot of 
greenhouse gases doesn't mean it isn't dirty. I mean, look at the half-life of all the waste. But there's no need to cry jobs for nuclear. We should be crying jobs instead for clean, real green energy. And, and, that, and that's, just, that's just renewable energy. And that's not even looking at all the jobs that could be potentially created through, through just cleaning up the past century's mess, all the, all the pollution that we've, that we've caused. So I mean, jobs is a huge thing. Another thing is that people think nuclear energy is cheap, but it's not. It's, it's affordable through hundreds of billions of dollars in federal subsidies, through taxpayer money and through utility ratepayer monies. In, in a 2011 report, they essentially determined that it would be cheaper to buy energy on the free, to buy power on the free market and give it away for free. It's more efficient to do that than to subsidize the construction and operation of nuclear power plants. So we're giving away our money so that they can, so we can have, then have the privilege of buying it back, buying that energy back. And it's just, it's ridiculous. At the core of it, for me personally, is, is just the damage it does do to the earth and to, to all life. Would you like to introduce yourself and say sure. something about why you're here? Sure. I'm Diane Crow, and I'm with the Old Reliables. I live in Leverett, Massachusetts. I'm in the 25-mile area that would be devastated if there were a disaster at the nuke plant. But even if I weren't, I would be for shutting it down because it is so old. Its license is up. It's leaking into the ground, and it should be closed. No doubt. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay, my name is Brad Hartley and I am from Ferrisburg, Vermont. I'm a, a store manager in Ferrisburg and I am here to, uh, to try to encourage people to think in a different direction. Nuclear energy was never, never a smart choice. It's always been toxic. It's always been kind of an insane technology and mostly exists to help rationalize a weapons program uh, or to help justify the building of nuclear weapons and there's so many more intelligent choices better ways to get and to meet our energy needs and this crazy thing has got to get shut down we actually have a chance uh, in Vermont to um, possibly affect the license and the operation of a um, of a nuclear generator and that's pretty rare in this country they've been stymied since you know the since the three mile island after effects and stuff so there haven't been any new constructions but we don't want any and it's time to shut this antique reactor down thank you you're welcome I'm Dusty Miller, and I live uh, in western Massachusetts, and my affinity group is mostly from western Massachusetts. We're called the Old Reliables, and we have been very, very concerned about the plant for not just people right near it, but all the people that are affected by this and all nuclear plants, and so we're very 
clear that we oppose um, continuation of dangerous nuclear plants and probably all nuclear energy because there's much better affordable energy. I could go on, but you probably don't want a whole speech. Well, your sign says for all our children. Yes, and I have my grandchildren and a grandchild of friends of mine, and I really do feel that the most important thing is what we're doing to the earth, that we're ruining this planet. We're going to have and an our, these are the ones that will pay with their lives. We may be dead by the time things get really bad, but so that's very important to me. Thank you. Thank you. Look at the hazmat suits here, these lovely ladies who brought their brooms to help clean up. I'm actually from Marlboro, Vermont, which is close by, and have been against this plant since we were trying to keep it offline at the start, 70. 32, 40, I don't know. I, can't I was remember. there. You were there. I was one of the um, groups that got tried. Well, the one affinity there you group go. that went to trial. We go back a long way, don't we? And I think um, I'm there for all the obvious reasons, but also as part of, you know, Tunisia, Egypt, uh, Libya. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about how the law has been distorted and used against us, um, used against the state by this one judge who could have read the law a different way, but chose a certain way that aligns itself with a corporation. And I, and I understand the frustration why there aren't young people here, because they've kind of given up. They said, what is the law? You know, what does the state mean? What do our legislators count for? Legislators count for? So um, there's that whole level that is so disturbing to me. Um, aside from everything else, it's obvious. So. Well, thank you. that you may have. So I encourage you to move over here around this area over here and avail yourself of the opportunity to question Marvin Gertha. We're the U.S. Court of Circular Justice. So, uh, does anyone have any questions about the case? I do, I do. Yes. I'm really concerned that it's been 40 years that this has been open and there's been so many accidents. And I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that you're concerned, really, but there's no need, no need to worry because there are many, many scientists have worried about this and they've, they've looked at all the issues and they're, they're, ta they're, they're taking care of it. I, I hear you, but I'm really concerned about the water that's going down into the Connecticut they, River they right now. They actually amassed a, 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 a mountain, a, a veritable mountain of evidence. And I, I wouldn't worry about the river. It's a big river, really. It's very big. I you, but there was that time when that coolant tower collapsed, and I saw those pictures, and it was really kind of scary. That was quite a while. You know, that was an old, they, they were they were planning to have that one collapse, actually. Well, you know, excuse me. Yes, do you have a concern? I'm concerned that energy's packed your pockets full of money to, for you to come I, up with I, this decision. I, 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 I think that's... Uh, Show me your pockets. I, 
Fuck it under my shorts on. You must have changed your pants because yes, I just have I think some scissors. Have a lot of no, no, really. No, I don't. I wouldn't worry about. They're, they're you know, they're really hardworking people, honorable men and women have amassed this mountain of evidence, and we've we, we've digested it, and we know that the plant is safe, very safe, and of course legal. Uh, oh, is that a dog? Is that a dog? I don't like dogs. I don't, she likes to pull curtains. Please, could that dog stop? That dog stop. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's your mountain of evidence? Well, yes, it's, it's, uh, uh, that's actually a stockholder. And, and uh, the stockholder's existence, pro, you know, is part of capitalism. And that's an evidence that needs to be considered. We, we need to consider the whole welfare of society. And, and uh, this is the basis. The basis of, of our society, don't you all agree? No! No! Well, I want to understand what are the plans for that nuclear waste that's just sitting there? What are his plans for this? I, maybe as an opportunity to, to ask uh, the stockholder what the plan, uh, nuclear waste, that's the stuff. Stockholder, what are your plans for all the nuclear waste that's just sitting there? He has no plans! No plans! They don't care! They don't have an answer! Hey, Mr. Stockholder, where do you live? All you care about is money! You're very rigid! Gentlemen, you, you seem to be here to protect the stockholder. Do you, uh... Maybe you should take your glasses off and look at this situation, actually. I'm kind of reconsidering it myself, and he it doesn't, doesn't look have good. No plan. No plan. Pass out the money. Where's the
I'm right here. No, um, maybe you could uh, say your name and where you live and why you're here. Well, we're um, here with the police department, so. I'm here because I'm, I'm paid to be here. <laughs> so. What do you, how does it feel to you so far? Oh, it nice. seems like a great crowd, great so crowd, beautiful yeah, day yeah. for it. They're here to make a point, and, and uh, they got a nice day for it, and we just hope everybody stays safe, that's all. Right on. Thank you. You're welcome. and where you live. Um, my name is Alan Berman. Um, <clears throat> I'm from uh, Warwick, Massachusetts, and uh, our town is in the evacuation zone for Vermont Yankee, where, you know, parts of our town are within 10 miles of the plant, <clears throat> and uh, we'd like to see it shut down. Thank you. Anything you want to add? Or? Uh, we hope it's shut down soon. Yeah, really. Would you like to say anything? Well, I am um, Gyoe Kato, uh, Buddhist monk from Peace Pagoda in Western Massachusetts, in Leverett. Uh, we have just uh, finished up um, sort of peace walk uh, uh, to close all nuclear pl uh, power plants. Um, we started out from uh, Seabrook, uh, New Hampshire, went down to Pilgrim uh, Nuclear Power in Massachusetts, in Plymouth, and uh, uh, walked to this way, to, to west, and uh, in Springfield, Massachusetts, we met um, another Peace Walk group from uh, um, New Jersey, um, Oyster Creek uh, nuclear plant and they started out from there and went up to uh, Indian Point and uh, then we met in Springfield, Massachusetts and walked up uh, this way and uh, today we arrived here. Um, we had a, a wonderful uh, uh, reception from town to town in, in every community like there people are concerned uh, but we learned also a lot about uh, the danger of uh, Seabrook and the Pilgrim nu nuclear power and uh, Oyster Creek and the Indian Point and they are all dangerous danger very risky and we, we have to shut all down as, 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 as well as here in Vermont Yankee and it's a it's a question of life. We 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 we, we, we don't have to risk our life for for the just energy. That's a that's a fundamental wrong you know concept. We we risk our life 
for just and energy. Yes. And to meet the legal contact people. That's thank thank you. you. Thank you. Scott Ainsley, the local musician, long-time nuclear opponent, who thinks that um, using nuclear power to boil water is like ringing a doorbell with a cannon. Shooting a squirrel with a howitzer, but it's the same idea. Seems like overkill to me. Good blues tune to get us on our way today. It's been a joy to be with you this morning. I wish us all a safe day and a happy day.
Thanks so much. Scott Ainsley, let's thank him for keeping us company this morning. Thank you for keeping us company. All right. So my name is Port Dorsey, and I'm part of the organizing group of the Magnificent City Alliance. And I tell you, from where I'm standing, you can see what a beautiful alliance it is. Look around. You are beautiful. And this is a great day for SAGE, and it's a great day for the state of Vermont. Because it's the first day when it's absolutely clear to everyone, in case anyone had any doubts, that in the words of Senate President Pro Tem John Campbell, we are dealing with a rogue corporation. And now we know. So I want to just see a little bit of who's here. Anyone who's in a... Uh, Affinity Group from Northern Vermont, would you please raise your hand and give us a shout? All right, Northern Vermont. How about from Southern Vermont? All right. How about from uh, Central Vermont? Fabulous. How about Anybody from New Hampshire, let's hear you. And then how about from the great liberated territory of Western Massachusetts? You poor people must be downwind. So I just want to say a few words here about why we're here. I know you know, but let's just review it for a moment. We come peacefully to Entergy headquarters today with this message. Your time is up. We deliver this message with the spirit of nonviolence and we will do our utmost to ensure that spirit and discipline throughout this campaign until the reactor is closed. Entergy's attempt to keep its aged, leaking, accident-plagued reactor operating in defiance of the expressed will of the Vermont legislature and the people of Vermont and the tri-state area is an unacceptable affront to democracy and the right of the people to safeguard their own well-being and determine their own energy future. Entergy's actions are those of a rogue corporation rooted in monetary profit rather than the public good of the people of this tri-state region. We call upon Entergy to immediately close Vermont Yankee and begin the lengthy process of decommissioning the reactor and returning the site to a greenfield condition. You're listening to Paradigms on WBKM, Burlington's kind of music. This is Baruch, and we've just been listening to 
some of the pre-rally before the march to the Entergy office, Wednesday, March 22nd, Brattleboro, Vermont. We're going to get into some more of uh, that pre-rally, listen to some more speakers, and, and hear some phone calls from some other affinity groups at other Entergy locations. Let's get back to the rally. All right, I want you to all be very quiet and listen because we have a phone call coming from somewhere. I want to see if this works on speaker. If it doesn't, I'll just tell you, I'll repeat it. Here we go. You ready? calling from the corporate headquarters of Entergy in New Orleans. They are inside and they are just now beginning conversations with the people who have noticed them. So it has begun. I'd like to introduce now Jeff Unsicker from Nuclear Free Vermont. I'm sure everybody knows it's the Vermont legislature that said Vermont Yankee must be closed today and it's the Vermont legislature that is being mistreated, misunderstood, and disobeyed. The Vermont legislature voted in the Senate 26 to 4 for Vermont Yankee to close. It's their support all over the state. What you may not know is that the delegation from Wyndham County, this county, has been in the leadership. Many of them would have liked to be here today. They're voting on the budget in Montpelier, so they asked that a message be read. To the Vermont Sage Affinity Groups in attendance at today's event, we, the undersigned, wish to recognize the value of your persistence, steadfastness, and focus on helping to move Vermont away from 20th century technology and helping to move Vermont toward energy policies and technologies that advance us solidly into the 21st century. We acknowledge your dedication in getting your voices heard. Signed members of the delegation, I will read their names. Representative Sarah Edwards. Representative Mike Morwicky. Representative Ann Monwaring. Representative John Moran. Representative Dick Merrick. Representative David Dean. Representative Molly Burke. Representative Valerie Stewart. Representative Carolyn Partridge. Senator Peter Galbraith. And the senator who introduced the legislation that became Act 160, Senator Jeanette White. 
All right. So I'd now like to introduce to you two singers who have been doing this work for a long time and are wonderful, rousing, and delightful human beings, Charlie King and Karen Brandau. Thank you. Certainly no more rousing, delightful, and wonderful than all of you are. It's a great we say the nukes have got to go, got to go, got to go. We say the nukes have got to go before it all comes tumbling down. Try that. We say the nukes have got to go, got to go, got to go. We say the nukes have got to go before it all comes tumbling down. Well, it happened at Three Mile Island, at Chernobyl on the Russian frontier. So, what's going to happen, we're going to have one more speaker, 
And then I'm going to come back and we're going to explain how to get into the march. We're going to move into the march. So, one more speaker and then I'll be back to tell you about that. And then we're going to be singing ourselves into the march. All right, so I want to introduce now a longtime nuclear activist and Citizens Awareness Network organizer who yesterday in the legislature building, the state capitol, stood and toasted Will Newcomb of Nucor PAC, the Nuclear Corporation Political Action Committee, and stood in the chamber with a leaking cup that was dripping all over the floor. Please welcome Chris Williams. Thank you, Will. I mean, court. Good morning, Sands Alliance. We've got a beautiful day here. Look at this. It's a lot of sun. There's a lot of wind. And a lot of good people. It's a great day to start this phase, the final phase, of the Vermont Yankee saga. My first message, and you've heard it before, but I gotta say it one more time. We put a lot of effort and energy into this. Our power, our strength, is from nonviolence. Our nonviolence and persistence is what, what is will what will make energy turn it off. I also want to bring up another important point and make it crystal clear. All these past few years, the talk about prohibition regarding discussion of safety at that reactor. Make no mistake, what the law says is that our legislators cannot regulate safety. And I can assure you, they did not do that. <laughs> that Entergy was able to convince a judge of that is a travesty. A travesty that will be undone. have the right and the duty to be concerned about safety at nukes and to discuss it as often and as loudly as we desire. Yeah. Halfway around the world, in Japan, perhaps safety wasn't discussed enough. I can assure you today that as 52 out of 54 reactors are not operating in Japan, that they are discussing safety. Yes, and the Japanese word for safety is onzen. Say it again, onzen. Onzen. Say it loudly, onzen. Onzen. That's really good work. You know, there's a group of people 
who have been above the fray when it comes to uh, the nuke in Vernon and the nuke south of Boston and the nukes in New York State and the nukes in Michigan that are owned by Entergy Corporation. It wasn't too many months ago I stood at the gates of the reactor and spoke to Jay Wayne Leonard. Jay Wayne! <laughs> an old, an old, well, an old enemy of mine. But Jay Wayne gets his marching orders from a very illustrious group of people. An illustrious group of people who need to hear from all of the communities that they impact. A group of people who meet quarterly, have a nice lunch, shake their heads up and down, and collect, oh, you know, 150 or 200 grand a year for their trouble. I'm speaking of the board of directors of Entergy Corporation. So today, in addition to what we do at the headquarters, I want to propose that we start a program of communication with these people. Constructive, nonviolent communication that drives the point home to them. That their support of Entergy's malfeasance, their business plan that calls for buying old nuclear power plants and running them into the ground is unacceptable to our communities. And here they are, and we'll give you more uh, contact specifics in the coming weeks. Maureen Scannell Bateman. You're on notice. Gary W. Edwards of Houston, Texas, formerly on the board of directors of Conoco. You, sir, are on notice. This one really upsets me. Alexis M. Herman, former Secretary of Labor under President Bill Clinton. Alexis, you are on notice. Donald C. Hintz, a former member of the U.S. Department of Energy's Nuclear and Energy Advisory Committee. Mr. Hintz, this is your wake-up call. You're on notice. Stuart L. Lebanick, group president and executive office member of Caterpillar Incorporated. Start thinking about what you do in communities where you work, Mr. Levnick. You're on notice. Here's another one that upsets me, but doesn't necessarily surprise me. Blanche Lambert Lincoln, former senator from the state of Arkansas. Stuart Myers, professor at MIT. Maybe you can come to Vermont and explain to us how it is that your company is running roughshod over the state of Vermont. William A. Percy II, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Greenville Compress Company. You're on notice, buddy. We're almost to the end. This is a good one. 
W.J. Billy Tauzin, former congressman from Louisiana, and now one of the wealthiest pharmaceutical lobbyists on earth. Billy T, you're on notice. And last but not least, Stephen V. Wilkinson, retired auditing partner, Arthur Anderson Incorporated. So as I said, this is a campaign we need to pick up. We need to get communications into these people. Because we finished with an Arthur Anderson employee, I just want to touch on a little accounting before the fun starts here today. 18 nuclear power plants have been retired in the United States. 18. 104 to go. We have to support our friends and colleagues in Georgia to make sure that those two under construction never, ever get turned on. Of the 18 that have been closed in this country, two were closed because they melted down. One in Michigan and one in Pennsylvania. One was closed by popular demand of the uh, citizen owners, Rancho Seco in California. The other 15 were shut down because the flawed economics of nuclear power caught up with the bottom line of the companies and the plants went away. Friends and neighbors, what we've got down the road here is the biggest loss leader in the energy stable. This week, this week, and probably for many weeks in the, in the immediate past, the condenser at Vermont Yankee has been yelling, turn me off, turn me off. To replace that condenser is gonna cost 150 to 200 million dollars. Did you hear that one, Jay Wayne? Jay Wayne. This week, the NRC, in its first major ruling in the wake of the Fukushima accident, said they're going to require all nuclear power plants in this country to upgrade their safety systems. Imagine that to deal with loss of power incidents. The conservative price tag, $100 million. So we're up to $300 million. If we are successful at stopping the rape and pillage of the Connecticut River, and energy is forced to use the cooling towers, that will cut into their bottom line. And then you gotta, you gotta bear with me here on an accounting trick that I'm all too familiar with. To those figures I just mentioned, you have to add the nuclear cost overrun multiplier. Anything to do with nuclear costs a load more than they say it will. I figure we're over a half billion dollars to keep that hulking plant operating. So my friends, I predict we're going to have a perfect storm. The bottom line in energy 
and the bottom line that we nonviolently deliver to this company in the coming months and weeks is going to make the difference. And one day, we're going to wake up, and the first thing we're going to hear, the first thing we're going to hear is, Entergy is throwing in the towel. And this is no, you know, this is no make you feel good kind of deal. I'm saying this because this is how it goes down. And our activities today are truly the beginning of the end for Entergy. So what I need you to do today is be safe and be strong and be solid to one another. Let's make this work and let's have a great day. All right, we have another phone call. So let's listen to it. You gotta be real quiet so you can hear this. Here we go. We've got an affinity group at the headquarters in New Orleans and an affinity group at the sub-headquarters in White Plains, New York. So let's, let's get ready to make our contribution now. What do you say? So here's what's going to happen. We're going to have one more song. Please sing lustily with me. We're going to be led by the Shutterdown Brass Band, who will come up, play a little music, we'll sing together, and then they're going to move around to my left, to your right, around where the band is now standing, and we're going to form this march along this gravel road behind the gazebo. All right, have a wonderful day, have a wonderful march. And now, the Shutterdown Brass Band. We're listening to Paradigms on WBKM. And this is the audio recorded Wednesday, March 22nd, at the Brattleboro Commons, preparing for a march on Entergy, protesting the continued operation of Vermont Yankee nuclear power plants. So lots of good uh, information and music and good energy. And uh, we're going to hear the beginnings of the march. And uh, then we'll go and jump ahead to uh, where the march ended up, by near the Entergy office, and hear a little bit of that. And, and when that's done, I'm going to tell you uh, my own personal history with Vermont Yankee and 
and we'll throw in some music, and that'll be the end of the show. So, we've got about a half an hour left. Stick around and keep listening, and just imagine that you're there. We're gonna bring our power home. We're gonna bring our power home. We're gonna bring our power home. We should be generating all our electricity from the sun and the wind, and there's no reason we need nuclear power at all. Where do you shut live? them all down. I live in Gilmass. And you've been counting One, two, people. Three. Yes. How many you got? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So 852 right now. Right on. Thank you. You're very welcome. And if I include the press, this next part that you're going to hear is the arrival of the march right near the Entergy offices and some more interviews including some folks risking arrest and some raging grannies and some other people. My name is Theo Talcott. I'm from Manchester, Vermont. Um, I'm going to risk arrest here today because um, Vermont needs to get this thing closed. We've tried through the legal system to do that, and uh, federalism is really broken down. The corrupt government down there in D.C. is not like doing its job of regulating properly, and uh, all of us are downwind from this thing. If it blows like Fukushima, we're all like radiated. So it's, we got to kick them out.
Reverend Kate Stevens, and I live in Charlemont, Mass., which is about 20 miles from, Ver from Vernon. And I realized this morning the reason that I'm really willing to risk arrest is that I'm scared. I live on a farm, and I think if there was a major accident, if there was a meltdown, if anything, my land, which I've cultivated and loved for all these years, would be uninhabitable. And I feel like that in and of itself is enough reason for me to be here. The other thing I thought about is the workers here who I have a lot of sympathy for because I'm sure they're scared too that if they close, what would they do? But I think this would be great. The plant would be a great place to have a solar farm. And uh, we would employ, they would be the first people employed. So that's my theory. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
take the lead. Not the preacher, not the Congress, not the Congress, not the millionaire, but I will organize. I will organize for justice. I will raise my voice in song, and our children will be free to lead the world and carry on. Here I go, though I'm standing on my own. I remember those before me, and I know I'm not alone. I will organize for justice. I will raise my voice in song, and our children will be free to lead the world and carry on. And our children will be free to lead the world and carry on. And our children will be free to lead the world and carry on. So now I would like to invite Steve Crofter to come to the stage. He is an Entergy shareholder. Hey, welcome today. Uh, since there aren't any official representatives from Entergy here, as a shareholder, I welcome you here today. Yeah! Thanks, Steve! I want to be clear, I'm not officially representing company policy. I was not invited or authorized by the CEO or the board of directors to welcome you, but I am one of the owners of Energy, and you are welcome to come here today and do this action. It's important for Energy to know that not all of its shareholders agree with corporate policy. Dissension is growing in the ranks of the owners of Energy, and this, this is a hopeful sign. If you believe, as I do, that shareholder resolutions and other forms of investor pressure on corporations have a role to play in our struggle to close Vermont Yankee and other reactors, then please consider joining me by becoming a shareholder yourself. Even as I invite you to take that step or to consider that step, it's clear to me that owning shares of a for-profit corporation is not a long-term solution to the societal problems that we face. Uh, no. Ultimately, capitalism is unworkable. <laughs> capitalism is not good for human beings. No. Capitalism is not good for our planet. No. In the long run, we will choose to build a society that is grounded in the conviction that people and the environment matter more than financial profits. Meanwhile, if you're ever tempted to feel discouraged, please remember that every one of us matters. Every one of us is significant, and every one of our actions is vital to this struggle. Today is a hopeful day. I'm heartened to see so many of us here today, and I am pleased that you have come to shut down my reactor. Thank you. All right, who knew that energy could be so good if there are affinity groups with members who have not, who, who are planning to risk arrest, who have not yet checked in, please do so over here with Debbie Linengale in the blue shirt. Also, Woody, if you could, uh, Woody with a red flag, if you could come over and meet over by the porta potties. 
with our uh, contact folks, that would be very helpful. We have just a couple of more things to be happening here, and then we are going to move along. So, get your rest while you got it, and welcome the Raging Granny! Song sheets. I want you to take them out, open up the flap, and you'll find inside a separate sheet. We're going to sing songs from this sheet only, although you're welcome to sing forever with the rest of them. The first one is Vermont's Vermont Yankee, and it's to Yankee Doodle Dandy, which goes like this. We know it? All right. Yeah. 
Okay, now, thank you, Raging Grannies. You're both Raging Grannies. If you could say your names and where you live, and why are you Raging Grannies? Well, I'm Paige Wadley Bailey. Uh, right now, I'm living in Central Vermont. I've been in Vermont for 42 years, uh, and I have to rage at the unbelievable injustice that's going on. Not only with this issue, but so many other issues, and these corporate unthinking people who have no regard for uh, humanity. I gotta be out here. I'm 73 years old and I'm gonna be out here until they shut it down. And I hope it's in my lifetime. Me too. I'm Joellen Mulvaney and I live in Barry City, Vermont. I've been a raging granny for a while. Um, I love to sing and I love to protest. So, and I love to cause trouble. So that mixture kind of set me up for being a natural for the raging grannies. Remain in this safety zone until the rest of the people have moved up. Those of you who wish to can file back up single file. As you can hear, instructions are being given to get ready to go forward with the civil disobedience. And uh, incidentally, over 130 people were arrested during that wave of civil disobedience on March 22nd. And as this was happening, I noticed that my car was about to be arrested, so I decided it was time for me to go. So I, I took off uh, and headed back home. It was really a great day. It was wonderful to see between 1,000 and probably 1,500 people of all ages, from babies to people in their 90s, people from many different states, people of different ethnicities, all kinds of people. It was great. It's easy to feel despair and hopelessness about some of these issues, and it's easy to wonder why it is that what seems obvious to some is not obvious to others, the depth of disagreement about things like an aging nuclear plant. Vermont Yankee went online in the 70s, and in the late 70s, I was a student at Goddard College, and in 1979, I was one of 167 protesters arrested at Vermont Yankee. Uh, it was September 23rd, 1979, and my affinity group went back and got arrested twice. The first time, no one gave their names, and they just let us all go, but the second time, we gave our names, and they arrested us and booked us and took a whole bunch of us to the... Uh, National Guard Armory in Windsor, I believe, and kept us for the night, a couple of nights perhaps. Don't really remember that clearly, but what I do remember clearly is that my affinity group was the one affinity group that went to trial. So we had a trial in the spring of 1980, and what I remember about the trial was that we pled nolo contendere, which is we didn't contest the charge, which was criminal trespass. And we made a deal with the prosecution, and the prosecutor's name was Linda, Linda something. I can't remember her last name, but what I remember was that immediately following the trial, she quit her job as a prosecutor and went to work in the public relations department of Vermont Yankee Nuclear Power Plant. But the deal we made was that each of us in our affinity group would have three uninterrupted minutes on the witness stand to address the jury. So we did that, and we divided amongst ourselves all the different facts and information that we could find to illustrate why we had chosen to demonstrate, which basically we wanted to use the defense of necessity, saying that the greater good uh, demanded that we 
protest Vermont Yankee rather than obey the trespassing law. So in any case, we each had our three minutes. We talked about the dangers of nuclear power, the uncertainties of the industry, the costs overrun, the politics, all that stuff. Uh, and then the judge instructed the jury to find us guilty based on the criminal trespass charge, which they did. And we were all sentenced to time served. And when we left, I remember the jurors to the person came up to us and shook our hands and thanked us for having educated them as to the dangers of nuclear power. So part of why I brought you this audio from this past Wednesday is because if you've never been to a protest, it's really actually a lot of fun and good energy. And so here's an opportunity to experience it a little bit, but also to highlight the issue of Vermont Yankee and how the company that bought it, Entergy, has a history of uh, not dealing honorably with the state of Vermont, making agreements and breaking them, not telling the truth about leaks and things like that. And the people of Vermont, through their representative government, have spoken and said, we want it shut down. And it's not just Vermonters. Vermont Yankee is at the corner of Vermont and New Hampshire and Massachusetts. And were there to be a serious accident at Vermont Yankee, potentially millions of people would be affected as far as Boston and as far north as Montreal. So it's a hot-button issue. It's become a politically polarized issue instead of a common-sense safety issue. Uh, the questions about how we get our electricity are fraught with hidden agendas and profiteering and uh, sacrificing the common good and sacrificing environmental integrity uh, for money. So anyway, people say there have been no serious nuclear accidents in the United States, but that is a lie. We're going to close tonight with a song by Gil Scott Heron called We Almost Lost Detroit. My name's Baruch. This has been a rather unusual episode of Paradigms. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week on WBKM. Have a great week. And it stands out on the highway Like a creature from another time Inspires the baby's questions Say, what's that? They ask their mothers as they ride Yeah, but no one stopped to think about the babies Or well, just how they would survive And we almost lost Detroit This time How would we ever get over Losing our mind And just 30 miles from Detroit They built a giant power station And it ticks each night as the city sleeps Or maybe seconds from annihilation 
Yeah, but no one stopped to think about the people Well, just how they would survive And we were almost lost Detroit This time And how would we ever get over Monroe County had was sure enough disasters on his mind and what would Karen Silkwood say to you I mean if she was still alive well that when it comes to people's safety money really wins out And we've almost lost Detroit Well, this time Well, this time And how would we ever get over Over See, we're losing our minds You see, we're almost lost Detroit We are almost lost in trouble That time it seemed we are How do you ever get over Cause ours are gonna lose somewhere Sometime we keep throwing the dice About to lose somewhere Sometime it needs to Well how do you really get over How do you really get over, over us if we're almost lost in China? That time if we're almost lost in China. That time if we're, how do you really get over? So many lives if we're, how do you really get over? You've been listening to Paradigms on WBKM.org.